At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash invention age. on fire and I just think it's hysterical I mean it's sad I get me wrong but it's hysterical you know I mean how many people believe lies from their financial planners from their bankers from their stockbrokers you know and it's only your financial future and these guys will actually lie to you and they're really not lying. They're just not telling you the truth. You know, they can distort the truth in any way possible to make it sound like they're telling you the truth, but they're lying to you. So today is a very important uh, program because if you're still believing that bl- BS, blue sky, which is save money, I mean, you got to be crazy. Why would you save money? Invest for the long term in a well diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Why would you go long term when the Dow is reaching all time highs? I mean, why would you go long? On top of that, you have HFT, high frequency traders, coming in in milliseconds. Now, a millisecond is a millionth of a second. And mom and pop are going 40 years on their IRA or their 401k. And these young kids are coming in and ripping them to shreds in milliseconds. Oh yes, I'm diversified. Oh yes, 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 yes. And I've been investing for the long term. And you know, um, I've been told to do that and it's really good advice. Well, you're being suckered. You're being lied to. So if you're sick and tired of being lied to, you have a great program coming up. Any comments, Kim? Well, I think it's very interesting that a lot of people, for some reason, they think financial planners know more than they do. And here's the main thing is most people, most people do not question what they're being told. So they want to believe that, oh, yes, the stock market's going to go up 8% every year. Your investments are going to go up 8%. The long term. Yes, they want to believe it so they don't question it. And they hope and pray that their financial planners are really looking out for their best interests. And, and I think their financial planner, most financial planners are looking out for their own best interests. And I remember we had this architect, <laughs> Debbie, whatever her name was, and I was talking to her about how I, what I do for investors. Oh, I don't have to worry. My brother is my financial planner. <laughs> and I went, man, if he's oh, as, stup- if he's oh, as stupid as you are, you're in trouble, you know? So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the, name, the theme of the program is Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. This is for your own safety, your own sanity, and your own financial future and security. So if you don't like bad news, you better go tune, you know, to the Jerry Springer show or something. Cuz this one is going to be nothing but how you're lied to by the financial services industry, you know, starting with guys like Greenspan, Bernanke, Janet Yellen, Hank Paulson, Obama and the rest of those characters out there. So this is going to be an exciting program. And if and if you can and if you can understand how you're being lied to, then you can do something about it. But if you're putting your head in the sand and not, don't want to hear it, then you're going to get lied to. So you actually can do something about it. 
Well, you can go hope, but hope is for You can go people. do something about it if you know what they're doing to you. So our guest today, they're uh, always welcome here, is Andy Tanner's Rich Dad Advisor. He's the author of that world-famous book, 401 Chaos. It's why you're being ripped off. And then his most important book is Stock Market Cash Flow, is why you don't want to go long the stock market and how you can make cash flow by not going long. And the other guest is Garrett Gunderson. He's an entrepreneur. He's founder and chief wealth architect of The Wealth Factory. His famous book is Killing Sacred Cows, Overcoming the Financial Myths That Are Destroying Your Prosperity. So let's start with Andy. Andy, welcome to the program. What welcome, do you, what Andy. Do wanna, what do you want to say about how <laughs> how the uh, so-called geniuses who run our, com- our countries and financial services lie to us? Yes, yeah, so oh. just sum that up in a couple minutes. <laughs> oh, geez, don't get me started. Don't get me started. You know, we we have a, there's there's always a history of scandal, and there's just going to be more. No one should ever be surprised. Um, money causes greed. People are going to lie to get money. It's that simple. And so, you know, someone sees an Enron scandal, bunch of lies. You see this Wells Fargo scandal, bunch of lies. Go back to the Federal Reserve, like, you know, in, in Ed Griffin's book. Uh, you know, guys lying about their identity to go to Jekyll Island. When it comes to money, people are going to lie. And if, if anyone thinks, okay, finally we've cleaned it up, this is the last scandal, there's going to be more Bernie Madoffs. There's, I mean, it's just going to go on, no more savings and loan scandal. And the biggest one they're going to keep lying to you on over and over and over is keep sending your money uh, to us at Wall Street because we can take care of it better than you can, and we'll charge you for it. Yeah. And so, Andy, you know, I was talking to this young man the other day, and he says, well, I don't have to worry. My company has a, gives me a 401K. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> Why? Why? What do you think about? What do you? You know, I hear that so many times. Why is that a lot? I don't have to worry. My retirement set up a four hundred one k. I said, "Are you an idiot?" They thought, you know, the the big lie on the four hundred one k is what I call. Well, actually, it's a chapter in the book. It's called the savings lie, and and they lie. When you put money in four hundred one k, first of all, you're not saving money. You don't earn interest. You pay fees. You don't have cash. People say I have, have $400,000 in my 401k. No, you don't. you got mutual funds. You have inventory that you have to sell. So the, the whole idea that this is even retirement savings is a lie. And, uh, and why do they do it? Well, if you can get someone, Kim, to get on a regimen where every time you get a paycheck, they send you money where the stock market goes up, down, sideways, high, low, and they're going to take fees no matter what, they're going to put you in that program, and they're going to tell you, Whatever you need to be told. You know, if, if they don't show fees to me, they're hiding fees. That's but, dishonest. Uh, Andy, and is, a 401, is a 401k a guarantee of success in the future? No. So why, no. Do, why, and, don't, and, why, why don't people believe it? Because they believe the lies. Um, Got it. And it starts with, you know, you're, it's easier to lie to ignorant people. And if we don't teach this in school, no one's going to ask any questions because they don't know what questions to ask. It comes down to <laughs> right. a failure of our school system well, most, to teach people. Most school teachers recommend the 401k. And, and a 401k, was, was that ever set up as a retirement plan? No, it was, it was, uh, it was started by a, a tax attorney called Ted Bennett as a way to get uh, was corporations to save some money. It just took on like wildfire because it forced people to buy uh, mutual funds. So our other guest today has been on a program for us, Garrett Gunderson, again, founder and chief wealth architect of Wealth Factory. So, Garrett, um, you agree or disagree with our liar-liar uh, syndrome? I think you guys have nailed it. I mean, and one of the things you said is they like to purport kind of diversifying. 
diversification is the first sign that you have someone that's not a good financial advisor because they're admitting they're ignorant. They don't know what's going to work or not work, so spread yourself thin amongst a bunch of things you don't understand. Well, Buffett, or saying, Buffett says it yeah. best. Diversification is protection against ignorance. So is the, is the lie that diversification is the way to wealth success? Is that the lie? Well, that's, that's a big part of the lie. Another part of the lie is calling most of these people financial planners. They're merely product peddlers selling something, and they're selling something like high risk equals high return where they've taken no risk. They get paid regardless, and the institutions are getting paid regardless, yet they're telling you to take risk. They're telling you it takes money to make money, but they're not using their money. They're using your money. So, and Andy talked about they're not disclosing fees, and they get paid those fees whether you make money or not. And I think it only, you know, what perpetuates these like 401ks are partially lazy accountants they go, oh, look, you're going to save tax. You're not saving tax. You're delaying tax. And I think taxes are probably going up in the future, and you better have better tax strategy than just deferring that tax because I found people when they were in their late 70s upset that they had to take money, otherwise they got penalized, and it wasn't a real tax strategy. And they had fees coming out all along the way that most of them didn't know about. They, they didn't even have these requirements for disclosing fees for a number of years, and then they're putting it in the stock market hoping that that's going to be their savior or get them somewhere. But so from 2000 to 2015, if we adjust that for inflation, those people that went long, they didn't earn 8% a year. They made about 8% total. That's why there's a 98.3% failure rate with 401ks, that someone never even gets enough money to create even a portion of income in the future, let alone getting them to any level of economic independence. So instead, it is of, a travesty. instead of going up 8% per year, it went up how much per year average? Point well, if we adjust like it for just inflation, like a half a percent, you know, it's, 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 it's Snell's pace, yet a bunch of risk that is attached to it. But I'll tell you who got a lot more than that were the fees that were coming out of those plans all along that time and, and were you, greater than that. Garrett, you were a financial advisor, right? Yeah, yeah, only for a couple of years and had to had to repent and reform and, <laughs> and change my ways. What, what did you Thank see? Thank God for Rich Dad Poor Dad. What, what did you, you know see what as I, a financial planner? What did you see? Well, I, I didn't know who the actual financial managers were that were trading the stocks. I was just selling things off Ibbotson charts, showing, you know, telling them the same thing, dollar cost average, you're in it for the long haul, the market's down, you know, buy it, it's on sale. It's, no matter what's happening, they just had a story. And 90% of my training was on how to sell and build relationships. I had very little technical training in what was actually going on with the stock market. It was just simply I was a pawn in their game to extract money from people that I know, loved, and trusted. And fortunately, when the market went down in 2000, I started to ask questions that the rest of the financial planners couldn't ask because they wanted to put so-called food on the table rather than do the right thing. Once again, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Today, our theme of the show is liar, liar, pants on fire. And the reason we're saying that is these financial advisors, starting all the way from Obama, Bush, I'm not Republican or Democrat, you know, this guy Paulson, Bernanke, Greenspan, they're all lying to you. So this program is how the financial services industry lies to you. And the only reason they can get away with lying to you is because you want to believe the lie. So if you don't want to believe the lie, you know, put your fingers on your head and go, la, 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 don't tell me anything. This is not your program. But if you want to find out how you're lied to and how you're in severe financial risk right now, I mean tremendous risk, tremendous risk believing liars. 
They're called financial planners, stock brokers, real estate brokers, insurance brokers. You're being lied to. So, Garrett, what would you say to somebody who says, well, I have 150000 in my 401k. I'm 40 years old. I don't have to worry. Why wouldn't you have to worry? How are you going to actually turn that into cash flow? Just like Andy said. I mean, the problem with a 401k is it's an accumulation mindset. And it, it, it actually has to advocate. Right, a saver's mindset. Are they going to save themselves rich, pinching pennies? I mean, it has nothing to do with production and cash flow. It's only about building net worth. And net worth, if it can't be converted to cash flow, is relatively worthless. So it actually trains them to do the wrong things rather than thinking more like an institution. I mean, when a bank is, is in business, it's because they're lending money. They're looking for cash flow. If they put all their money into retirement plans, that bank would go bankrupt. Right now, Garrett, you're using words that the average guy on the street has no idea what you're talking about. That's the tragedy. That There's is, no cash flow. That is, How do they benefit from that, it? No, That's no, the big I, I understand. They don't know what net worth is. They don't know capital gains. They don't know any of this stuff. So I, I would just tell them straight. I would just say if you have a 401K with $150,000 in it and you're 40 years old, probably not going to be there because the fees are going to take it from you. They're going to steal your money. If you have friends or family who've got their head up there, you know what, and they think that they can save their way to prosperity or save their way through a 401k or IRA, this is going to be a wake-up call for them because you're being lied to, lied to, lied to, lied to, lied to. Every time I talk to these idiots, I don't have to worry. I'm well diversified. And Buffett, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily agree with Buffett all the time, but he says, Diversification is protection from ignorance, your ignorance and your financial planner's ignorance. Well, I'll tell you one of the ignorant comments I get a lot is, oh, my husband is taking care of the money. I'm like, well, where is it? Oh, I don't know. He handles it all. Our guest today, our Andy Tanner, Rich Dad Advisor, please get his book, 401 Chaos. And his other book is a very important book for a solution, Stock Market Cash Flow. Our other guest is Garrett Gunderson. He's entrepreneur, founder, and chief wealth architect of Wealth Factory. So let me start with Andy right now. Do you think a 401k is a good idea? No. Why not? Uh, I mean, get really specific. I mean, you know, you know, if some something you say, Robert, that's key here. You know, how do you know when someone's lying to you? I've heard you say this many times. There's three sides to every coin. There's heads, there's tails, and they're it, and the edge, and the problem with the 401k is is people get one side they get one side of the story well if you take time to look at their side not how much money you're supposed to make but how much money they make the fees. and you say okay th then you get to see both sides and if you see them getting richer than you by far if you see them taking no risk and you taking all of the risk if you see them collecting fees no matter what going up down or sideways but you lose if it goes down once you see both sides of the coin you you see more clearly they're lying to you because they're the ones getting the benefit. They take no risk. You have all the risk. So, you know, look at both sides. You'll be less likely to fall for the lie. Garrett, Garrett Gunderson, do you agree? Yep. I mean, it's that's the bottom line is how do they benefit from this, Robert? How does a 401k actually help them? When do they get money from it? We know who else does. Andy just outlined it. I mean, the government gets rich from the from the you know you 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 get the government gets rich from the taxes that they say are deferred. The corporations get rich get rich because they don't have a liability; they don't have to pay you anymore. Now, what that Wall means, Street, what what, what, what Andy is talking about is in the old days, those things called a direct uh, DB, 
to find benefit. In other words, if you worked for Ford Motor Company, Ford Motor Company was responsible for your retirement. When the 401k came out, they said, hey, employee, you're on your own. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, so the government is winning, the Wall Street is winning, the corporations are winning, and the worker loses. It's that simple. And all three, since they benefit, they're going to say whatever they need to say to get you to hand your money over. It's that simple. My parents were taught to save money to invest for the long term. That's what's still being put out there today, even though the economic the economic tap- tapestry is totally different. So here I am sitting with a 401k. I got some money in the bank savings, earning no interest. I can't invest for the long term because I'm getting wiped out by all these micro traders, whatever you call them. So what do, what do I do? What's the alternative? What's better than a 401k? I would say that I'll, I'll, the first thing I would say, you better start investing your education. If you're waiting for me to tell you what to do, you may as well be listening to your financial planner. You have got to. I mean, there's no, I'm, I'm not kidding here. My recommendation is you'd better, I would get Andy Tanner's book, Stock Market Cash Flow and 401 Chaos. Start there. It doesn't cost you much. Also get Garrett Gunderson's book, Killing Sacred Cows. I would start there. You know, let's say each book is 20 bucks. That's 60 bucks. It's going to be the best investment you make. Or you, you can wait for me to tell you what to do. And that would be the biggest mistake because you're not doing you're not doing anything different. You're listening to somebody to tell you what to do with your money. And remember, it's your money, and that's what got you in the problem. You listen to somebody tell you what to do with your money. Any comments, Garrett? I love it. Invest in yourself first and foremost. What does what the, does killing sacred cows do? You know, is the you know the uh, position statements overcome financial myths that are destroying your the, prosperity? What are some of the yeah, myths take, that are destroying them? Uh, we take the nine most prevalent lies that are subtle. That's the thing is they're subtle, so they're hard to detect. For example, I've already talked about, you know, it takes money to make money is one of the lies, or high risk equals high return is another one of the lies, or scarcity is probably the biggest lie because no amount of luck or saving or discipline or even rate of return saves someone who has a scarcity mindset that's always complaining, always in fear, always, you know, talking about how they're just not the lucky one and they don't take any personal responsibility or action. And Robert, one of the, what I was reading a book recently. It said for people worth $5 million or more, 91% of them have this one thing in common. They owned a business. And most financial books never talk about that. Never. Right? They just talk never. about setting money aside and scrimping and saving and delaying instead of saying, well, well what? Do you yeah, know what they, can you do to don't, make more don't money? Don't buy a don't buy a freaking latte. Buy Folgers and invest the difference. It's great. <laughs> you know, Garrett. My my favorite myth in your book is number two. You're in it for the long haul. I mean, you got you got people that actually own stocks selling like madmen when the market says sell, and yet they're telling you, no, you stay in. So once Andy, again, I'll, I'll I'll be very clear on this. If you guys are waiting for us to tell you what to do, we're not going to do that. Because then you're just as stupid as you were when you started listening to this program. It's up to you. The biggest mistake people make is they want to tell me what to do with my money. Everywhere I go, where no matter where Kim and I go, some genius will stand up and say, I have $100,000. What should I do with my money? And the first thing I say to them, I would say the first thing I would say to you is keep your mouth shut. Because if you don't know what to do with your money... 
There's a thousand people in this room, and they know what to do with your money. Give it to them. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's how stupid people are. But, I can't believe it. And Andy, isn't I mean, isn't the reality? I mean, the majority of people would rather follow the and the NFL football Sunday games and learn about the quarterbacks and all the stats and all of that. They'll follow those statistics. But they won't follow their own financial statistics. Fantasy football. (laughs) There's nothing, there's no asset class that people are more involved in that they know less about than paper. Let me say that again. There's no asset class that people get more involved in that they know least. Hey, if they can name the quarterback, great. But most of them are worried about Lindsey Lohan's parole status. It's worse than we think. Okay. (laughs) They are, they look, if you find a businessman, Generally, he'll at least know a little bit about business. If you find a real estate investor, generally he might know if he's if he's had any longevity at all. He he probably has he been in the game for ten years. He probably knows a little bit about it. But you got people in paper assets for years and decades that don't know anything, and they say, "Should I buy gold?" If I say yes, you didn't get smarter. If I say no, you didn't get smarter. And that's the difference between advice and education. Let me, let me, someone let me, gives let me, you advice, let me, you don't let me, get smarter. Let me tell you something. You know, I, I said this to one person. I think they had two hundred fifty thousand in their four hundred one k, and I and I made the suggestion. I said, "If I were you, I would just take that money." This was years ago, and I said, "Just buy a couple of rental properties. You'll have income for the rest of your life." She, oh, so a couple of years later, I saw her. She said, I took your advice. I bought some real estate. I said, really? Where? And she showed me this map. It was of New Mexico. I said, ma'am, only thing that lives there are jackrabbits. There's nothing on this property. She <laughs> says, but you said buy real estate. And Unbelievable. I, 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 sat, I sat, and she was, you know. MBA and all this. This woman had not a clue or, what real estate was. Or what about what about our other friend who said, "Oh, I bought this great property. It's in New Mexico, and we're looking at the map and <laughs> looking at it." And I'm like, "I'm like Richard. Th- that's not New Mexico. That's Mexico. <laughs> Different laws." <laughs> and, and, uh, and another guy. I mean, this is called scotoma. There's a gap in the logic someplace. I have gaps in my logic. You know, I get, I get from point A to point Z, and I miss a couple of points in between. But this other guy, he built a uh, apartment house but ran out of money on the fourth floor. So it's supposed to be a 10-story apartment house. It only got to the fourth floor. And he says, now what do I do? I said, you should have thought of that before you started, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that's why I'm saying here, I would start with... But that's what happens with people today. I they, know. They, they, but even with their retirement, I met, met this couple in Hawaii, and I just started talking to them. Never met them before. And they said, yeah, we just moved to Maui. We're so excited. We're about... They were like in their late 60s. And he goes, but I have a... I, I've never even met this guy. And he says to me, he goes, my only concern is I don't know if we have enough to get us through our retirement. And, and they're just starting, and they don't know. It's, it was sad. Well, getting uh, running out of money during retirement is the greatest fear of the yeah. baby boomers today. I'll, look, I'll close with this idea. You know, back in nine, I wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad in 1997. It came out. But just, just before that was a book by Stanley. It was called The Millionaire Next Door in 1996. The Millionaire Next Door was a college grad who drove a Toyota, had a house, had a 401K and savings, and a high-paying job. And they said that's the kind of person that's going to make it rich. In other words... This guy, Stanley, and The Millionaire Next Door is a good book for the average, highly educated dweeb. 
They, they, they actually think you don't have to do anything to get rich. That was the theme of Millionaire Next Door. And then Robert. came then came 2000 and the dot-com crash hit. Then came the real estate crash in 2007. Then came 2008, the banking crash. And the millionaire next door is now the unemployed foreclosure next door. So all the formulas have stopped working. So if you're getting this message, if you want me to tell you what to do, I'm saying there's three books you should buy. 401 chaos, stock market cash flow, and the killing the sacred cows, overcoming the financial myths that are destroying your prosperity. So this is a program I'm going to be hard because I care about you. If you really think I can give you an answer, that's the problem. You, see, you know, how many times have Kim and I hear, I, I have $5,000, what should I do with it? I said, I would shoot myself now. If you're that silly, you can't figure it out. You better do something. So that's why this is, this is a program and how you get lied to and how not to get lied to. So that's why I guess today I'm Andy Tanner, Rich Dad Advisor. My suggestion is I would get his book, 401 Chaos. If you don't read it, just get it. You know, put it under your pillow and maybe it'll seep through into your brain cells. The other guest is Garrett Gunderson, founder and chief wealth architect of Wealth Factory, Killing the Sacred Cows, Overcoming Financial Myths. Get that book that are destroying your prosperity. Liar, liar. How they lie to you, like dollar cost averaging and, you know, invest for the long term and diversification will save you. And so I'd like to start with Garrett. You know, you read The Millionaire Next Door, which came out in 1996. And The Millionaire Next Door was the village idiot. College graduate, yep. probably with an MBA. They bought a house. They had a high paying job. They drove Toyotas and Volvos and they saved money. They had probably 100000 in savings and they had a 401k or some IRA and stuff like this. And then came Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 97. The trouble I had with the millionaire next door, well, of course, they're broke today. They're wiped out. But anyway, yep. it was a, this passive. All you had to do was ride the economy. You needed no financial education. And you were the millionaire next door. But now you're the unemployed foreclosure next door. So you, yep. you, went, you went through that process with both books, right? My book and then Stanley's book. Yeah, I just started college, read Stanley's book, and I was on my way to be the Ebenezer Scrooge, miserable millionaire, broke millionaire, miser, by never spending a dollar. And then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it saved my ass because now I started thinking about, rather than just thinking how to live within my means, which is good advice to live within your means, but now I started thinking about how do I expand my means? How do I make more? How do I increase my production because people could spend hours and hours and hours on finding ways to cut corners and, and save a dollar here or there, or they could spend that same time thinking about how they could produce more, how they can create more value, how they could serve and reach more people, and how they could discover how to become a better investor. And I'm telling you, that's where being wealthy is. The other way is a surefire way to be poor or to leave your money behind to your kids so that they could blow it within one, two, or three years as little trust fund babies because you never talk about money if you follow the millionaire next door. So, you act like you're broke. So, Garrett, so you read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Just tell us in the, in the broad, what did you do? What did you do when you read that book? What did you do different? What I did is I actually started to invest while I was in college in my financial education. So I started flying somewhere once a month during my senior year studying who I had heard were the very best people. And I actually bought my first piece of real estate while I was still in college. Um, I bought a, a townhome. I rented it out to other roommates. And <laughs> by the way, I bought that for 95 grand, sold it for 175 grand, uh, basically four years after college. 
So I started to learn what I could do with money. And it, it didn't take money to, to make money because I actually got a champ loan. So I had to finance my down payment, 100% financing, and I brought in roommates. So that was my first step. Then the second step was I said, okay, I'm going to college, but I've got to start thinking like a business owner because I then, you know, started thinking more from the cash flow quadrant, the business owner investor side, which was a challenge for me because my whole family was encouraging me to go get a good job. And, you know, by the way, the jobs I was offered was like Arthur Anderson, they're gone, Merrill Lynch, we've seen what happened to them, <laughs> Strong Investments, they were the number two fund company at the time. They're completely decimated and gone. And if I would have went the route everyone was encouraging me to, I would have had a very difficult life and be living a very poverty-stricken life. But instead, I embraced being a bit of an entrepreneur, even though I didn't have anyone in my family that had done it before. I grew up in a small coal mining town, and I, I actually, while I was a senior, invested in a financial program that basically more than being a financial advisor that I saw more prominent people using. And it was, you know, it was five grand. I put it on a credit card because <laughs> that's what I had at that time. But it, it made all the difference in the world for me because I launched my business. And before I graduated, I made more than any professor that had taught me. And my dean told me, stop listening to these professors about your money and your life. Listen to them about, you know, mathematics, but you're making more than them. How can they really advise you? And Rich Dad Poor Dad had said that, so it just totally resonated, and it was a different trajectory in my life. Right. And Rich Dad Poor Dad, I'll be really clear on this, is not for everybody because – you know, most people do not have the spirit to do what Rich Dad does because it's about being an entrepreneurial spirit. And most people are, are, are corpse people. You know, they're dead. They don't know it. They're, not, they're dead already, but they don't know it. They just want somebody to tell them what to do, and they'll just get by. And, and they're good people. I'm not saying right or wrong about it, but it takes spirit. It takes brain power. It takes being proactive. Let me say one yeah. more thing that I don't think people get, this idea of saving money. Rich Dad Poor Dad, all my, you know, I kept saying, savers are losers. Now, I got to understand, 97 and 96 was the millionaire next door. 97 was Rich Dad Poor Dad. But that was at the height of when they were printing money. It was You know, the Greenspan came out, talked about irrational exuberance. And, you know, and guys like Susie Orman were saying, live below me, mean, cut up your credit card. Dave Ramsey was saying, get debt free. You're getting crushed following. And Dave's a good guy. But you're getting crushed following that advice today because debt is how you get rich today. And that's what you're saying. You borrow the money to invest in your education. Correct, Garrett? There's different advice for the poor and middle class, if that's what you want to be. And all the people you listed, that's what they're speaking to. But absolutely, if you're going to get to the wealth side of things and if you want to be wealthier, you're going to have to invest in yourself. You're going to have to become a better investor. You're going to have to have that entrepreneurial spirit, just like you said. And you're going to have to focus on building cash flow rather than handing your money over to people that say they know what they're doing but haven't actually got the track record to get there. So it, that's absolutely the way to get there. And you know what? I've, I've borrowed for my business. I've borrowed for real estate. And I don't consider that debt. I consider that utilization of money to Credit. create more cash flow in my life today. Right. Let me, well, I'm going to bring up one more thing because this is what, what really scares me today is this negative interest rates. 30% of the world is now in negative interest rates. And the average schmo on the street, because I was just in New York you know, working with um, Newsmax and Lear Capital, and they were interviewing the guys in the streets of New York. Supposedly, most of them are college-educated people. They don't understand what negative interest rates means. And what, this is what it means to you. And Garrett, uh, Garrett Gunderson covers all this. Most financial investment plans like funds and mutual funds and pension plans are based upon 7% growth 
per year. Right. Right now, you have the biggest government pension plan in the world called CalPERS, the, uh, the, the poor schmoes who work for the California state government. CalPERS is operating, their whole business model is based upon 7%. They haven't hit 7%. They've hit nine-tenths of a percent, but they can't make 7 now, this is occurring just as the biggest baby boom in group in history starts to retire. And so the average guys looking at this are going, to, well, I have a government pension. And they don't know what negative interest rates through Japan and Europe means to America. Andy, what do you, what do you say to that person who thinks that CalPERS or their government pension or their company pensions are going to save them? Oh, they're, they're dead. Well, and here's the other thing. If you think you have a government pension, okay, that is going to save you, all I'm going to tell you is go look at Stockton, California, San Bernardino, yeah. California, most recently Detroit. Detroit, and ask those government employees, those firemen, ask those policemen that once your government goes bankrupt, how well that's going to work out because they can't pay them. And, and so it isn't like you have a guarantee with this. Uh, that's a lie. Safety in a government job, that's a lie. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Our guest today, Andy Tanner, Rich Dad Advisor. Please get his book, 401 Chaos and Stock Market Cash Flow. I'm not saying you have to do what Andy does, but you'll understand he's doing things differently. The other is Garrett Gunderson, entrepreneur, founder, and chief wealth architect of Wealth Factory. He's the author of Killing Sacred Cows. Once again, even if you think you have a government pension and you work for the Communist Republic of California, you're probably in the. You're going to have the biggest wake-up call of all, and you look at cities like Chicago, the once prosperous Chicago. They're toast. They're finished. They can't afford to pay for their retirees. There was a there's a country called Zimbabwe. Everybody laughs about the Zimbabwe mm -hmm. dollar. Their collapse started when they couldn't pay the pensions. They could not yep. pay the pensions. So, ladies and gentlemen, all you baby boomers right now who are believing your financial planners, you please wake up. Don't sit there and ask somebody like me, oh, tell me what I should do with my money. Because I've done that. I'm not going to do that anymore. It's a waste of time. And that's why I love what Garrett says. He read both Millionaire Next Door. Then he read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he had to make a choice at that point. Scrimping and saving when the governments are printing money. you got to be nuts. you got to be really, 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 really stupid to save money. When they're printing money. I mean, do you know how stupid that sounds to me? Do you know how stupid it sounds to me to invest for the long term? When the Dow is at the all-time high in history, there is no correlation between the price of a stock and the underlying company. You know, I mean, the company is not worth that much. That's like me telling you I have a Toyota. Toyota I paid $25,000 for, but you can have it for 80000 You say, well, that's nuts. But that's what people are doing when they're investing when the stock market is this high. You've got to be crazy. And negative interest rates? Andy, what's the most important thing people could do today? Both sides of the coin. Learn about both sides of the coin. If you don't want to be lied to, look at what the person telling the possible lie gets out of the deal. Secondly, I agree with Robert 100%. If I go out and say, oh, go do what I do, go learn to sell options, you're going to get killed every bit as bad if you don't know anything about options. If I say go out and buy gold, and you buy gold, but you don't know anything about gold, you're going to get killed. This, this, so the first thing, look at both sides of the coin. That's where intelligence is. And then the second thing, 
concern yourself more with the investor rather than the investment. Investments don't any good don't do any good unless you're an investor. So work on yourself, focus on yourself more than the investments. That's what I have to say to keep final, to keep from getting lied to. Final words, Eric Garrett. Go back, reclaim your money, figure out how wealth is generated and created, create cash flow, be entrepreneurial. We've never been in a more fascinating time to be an entrepreneur. Oh, you don't even have to have investment capital. There's tons of opportunity. And then invest back into yourself. That's the key. Yeah, once again, we, I, we at Rich Dad Radio, we don't like telling people what to do because you get sued for doing that. You know, so I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying start with your education. Get those three books. They cost $20 each. That's 60 bucks. It's going to be the best investment you make. Even if you don't read them, pull them under your pillow, and they'll seep into your brain through osmosis. So I want to thank you guys for your time. Again, the theme of the show is Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire, starting with this guy Bernanke and, Jesus, the Fed chairman. Oh, I didn't know a real estate crash was coming. Well, how could you not know? You created it. So now coming out to a very important part of our program, it's Ask Robert. You can submit your questions to askrobert at richdadradio.com. Comments, Kim? Well, I think both Garrett and Andy said it best. that You start with, as Andy said, two sides of the coin, looking at both both sides of the coin, getting both sides of There's the... There's three sides, heads, tails, and edge. Right. So you look at that. But what else Garrett said? He said, you know, he started with Rich Dad Poor Dad. He started actually with Millionaire Next Door, and then he realized that wasn't it. So he went to Rich Dad Poor Dad. Then he went and he studied and he learned from people that he wanted to learn from in the financial right. world. He went out and he did his education and he attended seminars and he, he learned from these people. Then he started small. I mean, it's their same philosophy. You go, you get some education, you, and then you take small steps. That's what it's about, and that's the only way I know how to do it. So, and so Andy Melissa, did the same. the first question for Ask Robert? Our first question today comes from Grant in Houston, Texas. Favorite book, Midas Touch. How do you determine if a financial advisor is trustworthy? That's a great question. I, I look at everybody as untrustworthy, and that means you've got to learn to trust yourself. I'm not saying they're bad people. But the most important thing, you start asking them questions. Just don't assume they know what they're talking about. And that's what too many people do. Oh, he's my brother-in-law. I trust him. Guy might be the village idiot. He might be a rapist. How do you know? I mean, why would you trust him? So when I do seminars, when I'm on the road, we have a lot of people who are selling something at the back of the room. I don't sell anything at the back of the room, not most of the time. I tell them and go up to every one of those people, every one of the vendors selling something. And ask them, what's in it for me? Tell me what your product or service can do for me. Invariably, what happens is most people are so afraid of looking stupid, of being sold something, or not knowing what the person is talking about. They walk past these people selling real estate, selling stocks and bonds, selling gold and all this. They don't ask any questions. That's effing stupid. Those people are there. You know, somebody's selling gold and silver. I walk up to them and say, tell me, why are you selling gold and silver? Why, why should I invest in it? You don't have to buy a thing. Or somebody's selling real estate seminars or something. Tell me, why do you sell real estate seminars? Why are they doing something? Everybody's got something to sell you. But if you don't go and ask, then you are as ignorant as possible. Then you trust your brother-in-law as a financial planner. That is really, really stupid. There's not, no harm in asking a question and getting an answer. You can tell right away whether a person knows what they're talking about or just trying to sell you something. But so many fee people are like chicken little. You know, they really have no guts to go up and ask somebody, tell me what you're selling me and why are you selling it? Those are very legitimate questions. 
The other the other question I would ask, and we have asked often, is are you investing in what you're recommending I invest in? Of course, in? I'm going to lie to you. So if it's real estate, are you investing in in rental properties? If it's stocks, are you investing in this stock or this bond? And if they're not, why not? Why are you recommending it to me, but you're not investing in it yourself? Yeah, Garrett Gunderson said it best, you know, when when I, you know, Kim knows on a regular basis, I go on these, these free seminars, I go to just listen to the pitch. I sit there and listen to them. There's all these free seminars, and I ask questions. I say, well, what's in it for me? You know, tell me. And you get a sense of the person, whether they're just pitching you a deal. But most people are so chicken liver fearful. Then they find their brother-in-law or their sister-in-law who's selling real estate, and they wonder why they lose money. Or they trust Obama, or they trust Janet Yellen, the you know, Fed chairman. Go ask somebody, why are you selling this stuff? What's in it for me? There's nothing, no harm in that. You don't have to buy a thing. But that's how you get educated. That is how you get educated. Why are you selling this stuff? Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Carly in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Is there ever a way you can actually know for certain what the fees are that you are being charged by financial managers? No, there's no, that's absolutely no way because there's always fees upon fees. There's hidden fees. And that's with taxes, too. There's estimated that 76 taxes the, the average American pays, but you don't even know you're paying them. So you would, you would just go crazy sitting around trying to figure out how many fees are hidden from you. So there's, just assume that there's 76 different taxes. There's probably 76 different fees. Mutual funds are the worst because they're all fee-driven. It's not about making you rich. It's about making the fund manager rich. In fact, Kim and I were in Hong Kong about two years ago. And I listened to this young Chinese girl, MBA, you know, rich girl. Her mommy and daddy gave her a lot of money. And she's telling her friends, who are these rich Chinese young people, she says, I'm now investing in fund of funds. I go, are you nuts? See, a mutual fund is a diversified product of stocks. So they get, so I'm investing in, let's say, gold mining shares. So a mutual fund is they'll have all the gold mining companies. You all put them all together, and that's a mutual fund. A fund of fund is then you buy mutual funds and you put them together in a fund of funds. You know how stupid that is to me? I sit there and go, why would you buy nine-tenths losers? You know, why would you do that? But you listen to these people. It sounds intelligent. I'm investing in funds of funds. And she's got her MBA from a very prestigious American school. But she is an idiot. She doesn't know... It's just a young, rich girl. Mommy and daddy gave her millions. And you would listen to her? I sit there going, you got to be crazy. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, well, I, I do think a good exercise just to get an idea of the amount of fees is if you've got a mutual fund or if you've got a 401k, go look at, get the get the documentation and look at what it says about how much fees there are. And they don't just, tell and you anyway. I know, but then, no, that's not all of the fees. So one fees they're not going to talk about is taxes. You got taxes. I mean, on a 401k, you can actually be taxed on gains you've never received. It's crazy. So it would be a good exercise just to get a starting look at how many fees they actually list and then just know there's more on top of that. Andy Tanner, you know, basically said it best. They talk about compounding interest because interest is at zero, so compounding zero, zero. But mutual funds and funds of funds and most of these ETFs, they're compounding fees. So the only way you get rich is you don't because the person putting the fund together is getting rich because they're compounding fees and you're getting, you're losing, 
your pants. That's why I would get killing the sacred cows, overcoming financial myths that are destroying your prosperity. But Garrett Gunderson and Andy Tanner's author of 401 Chaos, you'll understand how you're being ripped off. If you understand that, maybe you'll ask better questions next time. Any last question, Melissa? Our next question comes from David in Houston, Texas. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It says, Robert and Kim, when you were in your first three years in financial education and personal development, what were some of the goals that you both had? Why the first three years? I mean, I don't understand that. I'm always in it. You know, I don't, I, I'm trying to, I was just um, in New York City from Chelsea, and I was speaking for a company called Lair Capital. And it was a fascinating program because you had two guys and me. So you had two guys who are stock guys saying why gold is a good investment, and me was a real estate guy saying why gold's a good investment. And then you had the promoter, the person selling gold and silver. But I'm always learning. You know, I go out to dinner with these guys. I sit down with them. I'm talking to them constantly. So how did you do this? Why would you do that? Well, tell me why you do this. You know, and I'm picking apart their logic of the thought. I don't hang out. I don't have time to listen to ignorant people. I don't have time to listen to somebody who doesn't know the difference between a mutual fund and an ETF or, or REIT or why you should buy real estate. I don't have time for those people. So I'm constantly in education, constantly. You can ask Kim. I don't stop, do I, Kim? No, you don't stop. And and the the question I think Dave is asking, too, on goals is important because, I mean, when we started out, Robert, one of the first questions you asked me, very first, on one of our first dates, would you have a problem being very rich? So one of the vague goals was we're going to get rich. But then we did have a What very, was the first thing I bought you? An accounting game course, accounting workshop. It was a seminar. Yeah. It was great. But we did have a goal when it, we started moving into real estate, and the goal was very simple. The goal was we were going to acquire two units, two rental units a year for 10 years, and at the end of 10 years, we'd have 20 units. They'd be giving us so much cash flow. And we'd be set for life. And we would be set for life, and that was our 10-year goal. But then once we started understanding it and understood them how real estate really works and rental properties really work, we actually achieved that goal in 18 months. So the goal part is is interesting. Um, it's important. The goal part is important because it keeps moving forward. The education never, ever, ever, ever stops. So once again, I'll be on uh, with Lyric Capital. It's on Newsmax, that channel there. It's a great program. They have, I think we did three programs on a weekend. But it's all about education. And everybody has a different point of view. That's what I'm getting. I'm a real estate guy. I wouldn't do what the other two guys do. I mean, even look at my friend. He's been trying, trying to get me to buy Bitcoin. I said, look, first of all, I don't understand Bitcoin. And second of all, they just got hacked. Oh, no. They again, didn't get hacked. They, hacked you know, they didn't get hacked. I'm going, come on. They got hacked. You know, they can hack our voting booths today. You know, why would you trust anybody if you don't trust yourself? So I don't really buy Bitcoin. I just buy gold and silver and we keep it far away from our house hidden. But we're always studying. And the most stupid question, Kim and I always hear, oh, I got $10,000. Oh, what should I do with it? I said, I'd, pr I'd probably slip my wrist now because if you have to be told what to do, you're not going to understand anything. I could tell you anything and you would be a sucker for it. So the point here is this. Don't trust anybody. They might be good people and all that. Listen to them. Ask them questions. Why do you sell gold and silver? Why do you sell mutual funds? Why do you sell insurance? Do you invest in it yourself? Those are legitimate questions. You're always learning. 
But to hang out with right now with financially ignorant people, I don't care if they have master's degrees or PhDs, you're wasting your time. We're in a very critical time in history. Interest rates are at negative percent. We have never been here before. 